With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello, welcome to the Carlton Blue podcast on a Monday afternoon, uh, the afternoon after the afternoon before, where Dean Smith was sacked on Sunday. Uh, I've given my thoughts to Ashley Priest yesterday, our, our immediate reaction, so you can go back on the channel and watch that. Um, but today I'm joined by Matt and Pat, which easily rolls off the tongue and won't get confused at all if you have connection problems. So Matt Kendrick, we'll come to you first. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I, mean, <clears throat> I suppose like, like a lot of our, our, our fellow Claret and Blue supporters are a little bit, um, I don't know, just a bit fragile and it just, it, <laughs> I don't know, it's like find, it's like when you find out that Santa Claus no longer exists. I'm, <laughs> oh no, I'll give it a spoiler, spoiler. Don't ruin it for young Pat. Uh, <laughs> how are you, Pat? How are you feeling? We'll, come, we'll ask you about Smith specifically in a second. First of all, you all right? Yeah, I'm, personally I'm good, but yeah, the dust hasn't really settled on it. It feels a bit weird to that Dean Smith isn't managed, but yeah. It's the industry, isn't it? Go get used to it. Yeah. So, Matt, tell us yesterday, where were you? What were you doing yesterday afternoon when you found out the news? And, and what was yesterday like for you, your, your kind of initial thoughts on, on Smith sacking? It sounds a bit like, where were you when JFK was shot this week? <laughs> um, I, was, um, I was standing by the side of a field in Netherton, actually, watching my son's team um, perform very badly and lose 6-2 to their rivals. but um, So that's why I was slow to all the, the, the friends in WhatsApp groups and Slack groups and email chains that were going around. Um, it was one of those ones, you know, there's a, full of, there's a few Villa fans amongst the ranks, uh, the parents of my, my son's team. So we were uh, doubly stunned um, yesterday. And it was, it, there was an air, of an air of inevitability about it. So it wasn't a massive shock. Having said that, it still did feel like a little bit of a, a dagger to the heart that it had happened. I think the fact, the thing that I found interested with, interesting with how this one plays out is it's been a pattern for managers who have left Villa in the last four or five, well, probably the last four or five managers who have left or three or four managers who have left. And, you know, you, Dean Smith had, had, had done some of that pattern. So there was the muddled and confused thinking around around tactics, there were press conferences that sometimes sounded like a bit bit like excuse management. Those things are natural when a, a manager becomes under pressure and he and he feels that 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 you know he's looking for that winning formula. The thing mm-hmm. that hasn't occurred this time, which has occurred lots of other occasions, is the fan base turns and I always take my lead from what the fans in the stadium do, whether that's the away fans or whether that's that's Villa Park, because you know, the noise can be quite loud on social media now, so I don't think you always get a true barometer. But because we hadn't had that and because the, the fans hadn't turned on Dino, one, that's a good thing because I'd have hate, hated for his legacy to be tainted by having to, to put up with, with a level of vitriol from, from Villa Park. And hopefully that wouldn't have happened, but we will never know anyway. Um, and I think the other thing is that this this decision now 
despite the noise that we've heard and the Dean Smith out hashtag trending for defeat after defeat, I think the owners, this decision is completely on the owners now, really, because they can't say that, you know, Villa Park was toxic. We had to had to make a change. They've made this change for their own reasons. Um, and I just think it's too early to say whether it's whether it's whether it's wrong, whether it's a disaster, whether it becomes a masterstroke. But I think I think it's a real I think it's probably the most significant moment for Villa since since O'Neill went, to be honest. Because I think if they get this one wrong, then potentially undo three years of really, really brilliant progress. Um so no pressure, Mr. Perslow, Mr. Sawiris <laughs> and, and, and Mr. Edens, but this is this is an almighty call um to sack Dean Smith and it's an almighty call to, to make sure you get the right man in the job. Yeah, I think the title of this is uh, the crucial appointment facing Villa or, or something like that. Um, Pat, same question to you. What, what were you doing yesterday afternoon and how do you react to, to Smith sacking? Take it away. I was just about to go to the harvester to buy a half rotisserie chicken <laughs> and stage <laughs> onion uh, there. <laughs> and then I got uh, about five messages through saying he's gone. So I was quickly jumped on my laptop, just got my bearings and then tried to write out a few stories or something. But yeah. It was a massive risk, wasn't it? It still is a massive risk. Like, do you stick with him and back that he has a similar like resurrection? That he pulls it back as he has done in the previous seasons, or do you go with like the, a new manager that and the, the ones that are on offer at the minute? Generally, like it's rare that a Premier League manager like Potter or someone switches to another Premier League team. So I think the last one was Pardew or something in 2013. I can't remember who it was, but. You're going to be bringing someone in like Vieira, who's inexperienced or has been in the league before, and you might have to mirror the progress that they showed on other teams. But yeah, massive risk all the way, and I just I, it's unclear how it's going to go at this point. Um, there's a couple of hundred people watching, so we'll, we'll do this as like a mini mini Q and A for the next twenty minutes. So, like I said, I've given my opinion for half an hour with Ash yesterday. So, if you've got a question for Matt and Pat, get those in the comments below, and we'll go through them. And before we move on to that, though, Matt, you wrote an article yesterday, which I saw got a couple of hundred retweets, I think, on Twitter, which is unusual for you to even be writing at all, isn't it? So, people, talk us through that story because I've heard that story off air before, but never on a podcast. So, do you just want to kind of give us the audio visual version of the piece you wrote yesterday. I wanted to talk to Pat about the harvester, to be honest, because I've got some <laughs> really strong feelings it about good. it. Was good. How you, how you can't serve yourself at the salad bar now? That, that's oh, not, I'm at that. That's that's a different <laughs> podcast for another day. Uh, in terms of that piece, I don't know. You know, people may may have read it. Uh, the context to that piece was I got a surprise phone call from Dean Smith about two or three days before he was appointed as Villa manager, um, just to thank me for a piece that I'd written saying that Aston Villa should have a serious look at, at Dean Smith as their next manager. Um, <laughs> and we ended up having a knock about five or ten minute chat. Um, me, I probably probably did my best to talk him out of taking the job and where would we have been if he'd have, he'd have listened to me? Um, oh, where that. would the world be if anybody <laughs> listened to me? Um, but so the, the, the conversation went, and apologies if you've already read this piece and you, you, you're sick of me banging on, but the conversation went, oh, I said to him, you know, what? This this job kills managers, to be honest, in terms of kill, kills managerial careers. You know, it becomes a bit of a, a managerial graveyard. You know, you're a bright up and coming manager. You know, I know you're a you're an intelligent bloke, but are you, are you ready for what this this could do for you emotionally and with your career prospects? Um, 
and I said like no no manager uh, you know or very few very rarely do managers go on to anything better after managing Aston Villa and he was like kind of bang quick as a flash he said well Matt there is nothing better than managing Aston Villa uh, which I thought was a really really nice way of looking at it um, and it was it, it, you know he he'd already pretty much got the job I think um, by then. But you can understand how how the owners and, and how, how Christian Perslow were, were impressed with him. I had five minutes with him on the phone, and he he, he sold the dream. Um, what he got, um, you know, what he got in mind, what he wanted to do do for Villa. Uh, and I think before I signed off for the the end of the conversation, then I said to him, you know, thanking me now for you know endorsing you, your prospects of being Villa manager. But you know, I'm also associated with chasing Villa managers out of the door. Um, you know. Quite, quite blunt when, in my mind, when Steve Bruce, he t- his time had come, and quite blunt with with Paul Lambert, and and I think that's probably a every of manager. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say it's every manager, but like Dave Smith said, well, you know that, you know that that's on me to to make sure that we don't give you don't give you that kind of ammunition, and I don't think he I don't think he has given us that kind of ammunition. You know, you'll see across social media, you know, have the media overhype this and stuff. I'm not sure. I'm not sure anybody has really, really overhyped it. You know, I think five five defeats, five defeats in a row now in the in the circumstances in the world in which we're living in is enough to sign a lot of managers managers death warrants. To be honest, um, but I don't think, and perhaps perhaps I am being biased because I, I was, I don't know, seduced by the fact that he's he's a lovely fella and that he is he is Villa. It never quite, in my mind or in my heart, got to the point where I could demand, or you know, demand in newspaper terms, you know, call call for him to call for him to be sacked. Um, I think he's done a, I think he's done a, a bang on job. I think in the last three years we've seen year on year progress, um, and I think I don't know. I think it probably is a little bit harsh and premature, but might might be might be saying something completely differently if, if they get this appointment bang on. What do you think of that, Pat? Because a lot of the the comments that go back to that, based on my experience yesterday, is that people say well, it's not just about the five defeats in a row; it's the record in twenty twenty one and the record without Jack Grealish. And I, for one, am glad to see the back of hearing about that stat now because everything that was anti Dean Smith was yeah, but his record without Jack that's gone now; it's done. He's no longer here. Smith's no longer here. But yeah, probably more than the last five games, isn't it? That's led to this decision. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm the same as you. I've got. A, it feels like there's a bit of not, not putting a bad way, but a weight off your shoulders that you don't have to keep saying like the same comments to the the negative comments to Dean Smith type thing. I think there was a obviously you can make the excuses that there was the Grealish injury and there was a fall off there and everything, but people are always going to say the same thing that I think it was like 18 losses out of it's more than like 50. percent But yeah, I'm in the same boat as Matt. I thought I've never. I was never like with Bruce and Lambert. I know I was younger for Lambert and like McLeish, but I was just so I wanted them out so bad. But this time it wasn't like that. I always had faith that he'd be able to turn it around if he was given it. But then I could also see it from the other side of the uh, point of view where it's if you give in to the Brighton game and we lose to a really good Brighton side, then you're then stuck with saying, okay, we've got like five six days to get a new manager in before the next fixture, and they don't get any easier. I think we've got Palace and City, so I can see why they've done it now if they thought there was no hope but personally I did think there was hope but yeah one of them 
Yeah, I think that's semi-fair, isn't it? Whatever happens now, it's a bit of a, a rebuilding process that I said yesterday, I kept saying ex-manager because I don't want to say Gerard or Lampard or whoever because it, it could be anyone at this stage. But if ex-manager finishes 12th, you kind of think, well, could Dean Smith not have finished 12th this season anyway and then rebuilt in the summer? But yeah, that's a conversation for another day. There's a question here that's specifically for you, Matt, just because because of your age from Paul <laughs> Ruffy. He says, is, is there anyone who's followed Villa for more than two decades that think this was the right call? I did a social post yesterday saying, do you think the club have made the right call? And a lot of the responses were no. Um, and I kind of just did that as a, almost a throwaway social media post. And I thought, well, we don't know yet, do we? Because we'll see whether it was the right call in 12, 18, 24 months' time. Yeah, listen, I'm, I'm splinters up my backside all, a lot of the time through this because I, I still... <laughs> And I'm still really, really stuck on it, and I'll I, I reserve judgment on it. I think until about two years from now, when uh, either the next manager's been, <laughs> you know, we're calling for his head, or or, or we're flying and we, we, we're in Europe. Um, I I liken it to when Graham, what what the job that the job that Graham Taylor did did for us. You know, talking about older older fans uh, or older viewers and stuff. The, the job that Graham Taylor did when he kind of you know. Dragged us up, dragged us up from off the floor. To be honest, and, and restored pride and put us back amongst, uh, you know, I say amongst the elite. We're obviously finished halfway down the Premier League. So we're not quite as, you know, we're not as not as we're not as back as we wanted we wanted to be, or we demand to be, or we expect to be. But I don't think we can underestimate the the job that's that's been done now. Whether Dean Smith had taken Aston Villa as as far as he could, we'll never know. But I've I've said this all along that, you know, when when Villa have made changes before, like let's say when when Lambert went and Sherwood came in, we knew that what was needed was a short sharp shock to get us over the line. You know, mm. we just needed that dressing room galvanised and almost hang the consequences of what happens in future. We can worry about the future when we get to the future. And it worked to a degree, but the danger with that is that you end up with Tim Sherwood with no experience or history of building a football club who then gets a several-year contract and you chop and change and do it again the, the following year and it was just delaying the inevitable. Villa can't do that now. Villa are a forward-thinking, progressive football club, we've been led to believe. So you not only need the short, sharp shock to lift a team that's you know, completely bereft of confidence. But you need somebody who has the ability to do that, the personality and the organisational skills and the vision to do that and to take us to the next stage next year. They've made it quite clear now. Christian Perslow's statements made it quite clear that Villa, Villa are expecting linear progress, you know, year on year, that, you know, they want the trajectory to, to continue rising and they can't cope, they can't, they can't countenance the idea of a, of a, of a five-game bump in the road. So this person has got to, you know, have a rapid impact straight away. And then with the recruitment and with the bringing through of the, the you know, building on the academy work we've got, kick this football club on, you know, hands up. Who's going to, who's going to come and do it? Who's it going to be, Pat? Over to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many names flying about. There's too many to keep up with, isn't there? I said yesterday yeah. it's a massive gamble either way, isn't it? Because somebody, uh, comments are flying through. Someone just said, if you're not going to replace Dean Smith with a, with a top-class candidate, kind of what was the point doing it? We don't know who's a top-class candidate. 
you know, you look at Steven Gerrard is, is the favourite at the moment and you think, oh, he might come, come in and be drastically rubbish or, or brilliant. It's, it's a massive unknown, isn't it? And we just have to back the decision for the next however long the new manager is in charge for and hope that it, it works. Um, the comment here from Nathan Stokes, it's, a, it's not not well written and there's a few spelling mistakes, but I think I can get the gist of it. He says you can't spend... No, no, but you read it. You can't spend 300 million and be where we are in the league and be okay with that. No owner would be... Forget he's a Villa fan. It's a business decision, I, I guess. Put your grammar out, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the flip side of that is you are asking, you're asking a new manager to come in and work with what we've got, which is on paper a good squad, but most new managers come in and want to bring in their own player. So how much more money are we going to have to spend here to sort this mess out? Yeah, it's true. The, I don't know if we will reinforce in January again or if they're going to be working and getting the best out of the players that we've got currently. But I feel like we do have a quality squad. It just And at times this season, it has worked, like the Everton game. And like, I even thought we looked quite good in the first 10 minutes against Arsenal in the second half once we swapped. So it's just getting the best out of what we've got at the minute. And I don't think anyone's sure how or what system that is. So that's the first task that this new guy's going to have to come in and solve. What do you think, Matt? Because a lot of the things against Dean Smith was, oh, well, we can't just keep giving him money to, to make it right. But then we get a new manager in and go, oh, well, give him some money. He's got to have a squad to build. Yeah, I think you've got to put yourself in the position of if you're a manager, either an in-work manager or an out-of-work manager, what's in it for you? Now, we know that getting on the Premier League gravy train is going to be very financially lucrative. So, yes, that's going to that's going to interest people, especially with owners who, you know, wouldn't say have a bottomless pit of cash, but have, have been have shown a willingness to invest. So, yes, we can attract somebody somebody in financial terms, whether that means paying compensation to somebody who's in work that plus a big salary or whether that just means a, a big salary but after that what can we offer now I think we can offer a lot I'm biased I'm a, I'm a Villa fan I think it's the greatest club in the world but I'm not sure all out of work managers will agree with me it's okay what am I going to have to stake if this goes right what can it become it can become you know I can continue a, a an exciting journey at a club that, that said it wants to wants to go places, and I can enhance my own reputation along the way. If it goes wrong, I could get this football club relegated out of the you know out of the Premier League. I could dash dash the dream. My man, my, my reputation could be in tatters, and I might not be able to find work again very easily. Like lots of managers who have uh, who have left Villa. Although I do think Dean Smith will book that trend to be back in football soon. So it's it's those kind of things. Let's say let's pull a name. Let's say let's say you're Stephen Gerrard, and you know I've never never met Stephen Gerrard, but I can imagine his ambitions are to fill Jurgen Klopp's boots or tracksuit top or baseball cap um, within the next three to five years. If we you know Liverpool want to create this dynasty and continue what Klopp started. So that's that's Stephen Gerrard's ambition. Is he going to be better served doing that? And I'm not saying I'm not endorsing Gerrard. Here, I'm just talking about you know, possibilities. Is he going to be better off thinking? Well, I could. Can I do that, boy? You know, win, harsh to ask Scottish football fans here. What I call the boat race, winning the boat race in in Scotland because you know there's two competitors. Am I going to be better off doing that and getting a clutch of medals and trophies under my belt and or would managing Aston Villa 
and getting Aston Villa knocking on the door of Europe and you know turning Aston Villa into a potential Champions League club, would that be a better route to it? And which which path holds the biggest risk? Mm. And it's do you know? Do you know? Does that make sense? What where well, yeah, where I'm stay, stay in Scotland and, and win the title for the next two years and go to Liverpool anyway, or come yeah. to Villa and potentially struggle and and dash your chances of Liverpool, or do half decent with Villa and go to Liverpool anyway? I spoke about this yesterday. I wanted your two opinions. There's a couple of this kind of theme in the comments about about a project. It's a phrase that gets thrown around a lot, isn't it? You know, building a project, and some fans don't like that. Do you think that is still something that is? possible I mean like a long-term manager you know five seven eight years because I kind of feel like if Dean Smith isn't given time he's not really lured away by his boyhood club is he because he's he's already at his boyhood club whereas if Stephen Gerrard does well here for two years and Liverpool have got an opening Liverpool coming for Stephen Gerrard straight away and Villa are back to square one in terms of a manager so is there such thing as having a managerial project of, of you know five to ten years or is it a case of having someone for two years doing okay and they get poached somewhere else and we replace and try and keep building with a fresh manager every two or three seasons is, is that feasible yeah I reckon that's probably the direction you're going to have to go in because with the names that are being linked like Gerard, it's pretty obvious that I think everyone can see it's on, written on the wall that he wants the Liverpool jobs at some point in his career so he's not going to come in and be a manager that's at Villa for five to ten years or more or like a Wenger type character at the club but um, even like that Fonseca that's been linked, he has never stayed at a club longer than three years. I think Shakhtar Donetsk was the longest one, and that was three years because he won the league and the cup every single year. I think every everywhere other than that, he's stayed a year or just over a year, two years. So I don't think these names that have been linked are the this man that's going to come in and be the manager for a prolonged amount of time. I think these are managers that, like you said, are going to offer us short-term success. And even then, it's a risk as to whether or not they're going to be able to do that. So I think we are kind of going to have to move away from the project-type theme and try and push on as much as we can short-term. What are your thoughts on our project, Matt? I don't know. Does he, does he, Pat, Pat will know better than me because he's got a wider appreciation of, of of European football and beyond. I'm very uh, very parochial. But what examples exist within within European football modern day? I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. <laughs> where where there is like a kind of a, a succession chain where you know director of football stays constant or whatever, or your sporting director, but you. you you know, your your, your head Keep coach going, is, yeah. is fairly fairly. Can you again? I'm not trying, but is is, there, <laughs> is what what is the best example of that at the moment? I'm not even, I'm not sure about coaching changes, but to me, it's like Dortmund continue. They always lose their players and everything, but they continue to just keep keep competing in Europe, keep recruiting well. I don't know about the managers. I think Favre was a manager, and then he got let go. But they they just keep plodding along, even though no matter how many times they get hit, they just keep going. So that's probably the first one that springs to mind. But in terms of managerial, I don't know a team that continues the continual progress as uh, what Perslow was talking about in the interview. At least I'm not sure. No. It's, a, it's a nice theory. It's Sorry. a nice theory, but I don't know whether we actually. I'm yeah, sure. sure in the comments, people people might have, might have examples. Chelsea, um, Jake Liggins, Jake Liggins. Sorry, um, yeah, it's just it's a different. I know we, I keep saying we've got you know the third richest owners, whatever it is, comparison to Abramovich, but they're in a different, different 
kettle of fish, aren't they, to what Villa are in terms of attracting a, an elite manager every single time they appoint somebody. Yeah. It's, a, it's an elite manager and Villa aren't at that level. Can't offer European football. So when you are a big club like that, you know, always in the top four or, or, or around it anyway, you can sack your manager and get someone in of equal quality or better immediately. Whereas I don't know whether we're in a position to do that. Someone in the comments shouting here, Sean Dyche, over and over again. Like I saw yesterday, kind of um, Nuno and Big Sam and these kind of managers that will come in for a year or two and, and stabilise things. And I kind of want to say that we're, we're better than that, but I don't know whether we are. I, I think I Villa have, have to do that. Sorry, I think Villa have over the Premier League history, we have the third biggest losses in like behind City and Chelsea, and that's just like since the Premier League began in I can't remember what year it was. I don't think I was even born. But uh, what do we have to show for it at this point? Like we have Chelsea have their Champions Leagues and City have their league titles and we've we've lost similar amounts of money and we've got nothing to show for it at this point. So I, it's just one of those. I don't think I th- don't think we're at the Sean Dyche, Sam Allardyce, etc. range, but we're not at the range where if Conte was available, we he could have come in and we would have been able to get him. Like I've seen a few people talking about Mancini coming in. I saw, is he going to want to move away from Italy where he's working with Verratti and all these players and come in and work with us? I just, I just don't think it's feasible that that's going to happen. So. Love, com- I mean, my, my journey is one who I, I, I'd, I'd love it to happen, but like you yeah. say, what's in it for him, really? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, if I mean, himself going and winning the World Cup. We kept saying, you if, you, if you're going to get rid of Dean Smith and the options are Conte, Allegri, Mancini or whoever, you look at that and go, like Spurs did, get rid of Nuno for Conte and you go, yeah, instant upgrade straight away. For Villa to get rid of Dean Smith and appoint Frank Lampard, I'll, I'll back Frank Lampard if he's the man, but I'll yeah. kind of sit here and go, is is that an immediate upgrade or is it just, are we just happy because it's no longer Dean Smith? It's just it's like something else. Like the Trezor Gale guy, he's not shooting, isn't it? It's just like a like for like. Yeah. Um, Adam Wright says the average manager cycle is only two or three years if Stevie G does well Stevie G Steven Gerrard does well it means Villa do well realistically unless you're a Champions League club every club is a stepping stone I've got no problem with SG yeah I'm inclined to agree to a certain extent I've just got this fairy tale thought in my mind of having a manager here for five or ten years and building yeah. something proper but if Gerrard's here for two years and leaves Steven Gerrard would be less so if he leaves for Liverpool three years after managing Aston Villa Aston Villa would be in pretty good shape. Or well, do we I'd have love, to be that good, that, though? You know, if it means that we're having this conversation about who's next, then that's that's fine. But has Stephen Gerrard got enough credit in the bank with his career so far to say that he could he could do this challenge? In terms of style, I reckon. Sorry, mate. Um, hmm. I think he plays a four-three-three, attacking fullbacks, wingers. He likes to press from the front. And then I think he came in, when he came in, Rangers had shipped 50 goals. And then within his first season, I don't think he won the league last season. I think it took another season or one after the pandemic. He, he almost halved it to 27. So And then in the season they won, I think it, they conceded 13 goals in an entire season, got 102 points. So in terms of, if you're just looking at it on a, like a factual basis, like I came in, solidified the defence, got on playing this pressing football that maybe Villa could play with Watkins and the, the options they have. And then Matty Cash and Target in a back four, flooding forward, overlapping and helping. Maybe that could work. But then it's just the obvious question of the risk, saying, is it going to translate from the Scottish Premiership into the Premier League? Which I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if it does. It's a risk, obviously. Well, the last manager we had, um, 
from the who done well in Scotland was Martin O'Neill. So yeah. you know, the <laughs> precedent there is decent, but the difference is Martin O'Neill had still had experience of managing the Premier League, managing mm. in the Premier League um, before that. I don't, I can't think of an example, and there's probably somebody really, really glaring here. Um, is there Brendan Rodgers? Well, but is there an example? But again, Brendan Rodgers had managed in the Premier League before. Mm. Is there an example of somebody who's come straight out of Scottish football as a manager or cut their teeth in Scottish football as a manager? I'm not saying that, you know, all precedents have to start somewhere. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying that has to be a deciding factor, but... Did McLeish do it? <laughs> He'd been at Birmingham. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to read too much into it, really, and go go too hard on whether what their previous experience is because I don't know whether, you know, you say Fonseca winning every yeah. title with Shakhtar Donetsk, or is that comparable to Rangers winning every trophy? Or... Yeah, it's true. Um, Alex Ferguson, people in the yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. Although Ferguson got the time, didn't he? Someone just said, um, surely Dean Smith was the last chance of a long-term manager. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. If, 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 you know, boyhood fan isn't given the time to build something over the course of five or six years, then I don't think anyone else is. Um, let's go a couple, through a couple of the names quickly then go through the manager odds. I'm just going to read them out in, in order of favourite to least favourite. So John Terry is the favourite now at evens. Paolo Fonseca at 7-2. Frank Lampard 5-1. Stephen Gerrard 12-1. He started the day odds on favourite, Gerrard. Uh, Nuno at 14s. Lucien Favre for 16. Scott Parker 16. Graham Potter 20-1. I'll ask you about Potter in a sec. Koeman 25-1. Thierry Henry, 25 to 1. Andre Villas Boas, 33 to 1. I like that because you just I can see Villa Boss in Villa Boas. So it, just, yeah. it looks nice. It's going to be like when Arsene Wenger was manager of Arsenal. You think yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, Daniel Fark, 33 to 1. Ray, uh, Ray Hodgson, Roy Hodgson, 33 to 1. I think there's a spelling error there. Uh, Steve Bruce, 33 to 1. Sam Allardyce, 33 to 1 as well. Um, yeah, anything past that last kind of four, I'm not really keen on. Um, Graham Potter then is sense of him having a similar name to the club. I just it just looks like nice Danny Shitton. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, talk to me about Potter then, because I said yesterday about you know if we want him and he wants to come, we could get Potter because Villa are a bigger club than Brighton, more transfer budget. It doesn't matter that they're having a good season. If we want him, we can get him. And I had Brighton fans in the comments say, "Don't be so disrespectful. He would never leave Brighton for Villa." Uh, you two, you mean, you mean Graham Potter, not not Harry Potter look alike, Pat Road? Don't you? <laughs> yes, I mean, me and the football manager, Graham Potter. Go on, Pat, over to you. Uh, personally, I can't see it. Like I said, I think it's very rare that a Premier League manager swaps over to another Premier League club, especially when they're doing quite well and they're on the up. Like, did they get, I think they drew with Liverpool the other day, or did they? I'm not sure. Almost got a win there. In yeah. terms of formation, he plays five at the back and that hasn't been successful for us. Whether or not he could operate that within our our team is another question. I think it's quite progressive and attacking and exciting. So we do have the players that he could utilise. But once again, it's just the question of I just don't think it's possible that we could get him. I think there's rumours that he's a Villa fan or a Blues fan and all this going around on Twitter and it's just... People are probably hanging on to that, thinking, oh, yeah, he'd come. Well, obviously, like Matt said, I'm a Villa fan. I'm biased. I think it's the best job in the world. But I don't know if he would, to be honest. <laughs> From a career point of view, would you leave a Brighton side on the up that might land you a really like, top job if United job opens up at the end of the season to leave Villa, who are 15th, in a, possibly in a relegation scrap? I don't know. It's one of them. 
I don't think you go straight from Brighton to United, so I think it probably would would be a natural stepping stone. But you'll know you'll know this more than me, Pat. But what does Potter offer? And it's still early days for him, like it was early days for Smith as a Premier League coach. What does he offer that is different or better, more progressive than than Smith? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the defensive work, I think, I think they press as a unit. I think people have been asking for that. Like I said, the five at the back has worked quite well for them. I think their problem last season was that they had about, what was it, they scored 40 goals from 51 expected goals. So it's like they didn't have a finisher at the club that could finish these chances. And obviously we've got that in abundance with Buendia, Ings, Watkins. It probably would work quite well if he's getting his, the best out of a team and creating this level of chances. Or we've got the quality that could probably work really well for it. But yeah, it's just one of them. If he wants to make the career choice to do it, then I'd be all for it. I think it'd be a great move, but I question whether it would happen or the or chances of it. Well, I don't know where you got those odds from that you sent me, but um, are they wrong? Stephen Joel at twelve to one. He's still the favourite on Sky, but I'm Betfair. So where am I looking? Am I going to play him? I think that's from, <laughs> I think that's from, um, from from the eye. That is, I think. Oh, it's worth putting some money on at twelve to one if he's the favourite. <laughs> 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 Let me quick. see what time that was published. This might, um, have been the pre- this might have been when we were replacing Lambert or something. Hang on. <laughs> uh, there's a comment here just saying that uh, Graham Potter has got uh, um, Paul Lambert vibes. And it's just exactly what I suggested today. And some of the comments took that out of hand to say that I was saying that he was as, as good as a manager as Paul Lambert. I mean that in the sense that there's a time of this clamour for Potter because he might be a Villa fan or he's got a Villa fan family or something. He's playing good football at the moment oh with Brighton. Paul Lambert vibe, is it? Is Lambert a Villa fan? No, no, no. Hang <laughs> on. But he's overachieving at a club with no transfer budget and he's probably going to, you know, Brighton ceiling is where they are at the moment. Then, you know, oh, probably I'm disrespecting him a little bit, but they don't have a transfer budget. They don't have this massive squad to pick from. Whereas he comes to Villa, he's got a budget to play with, big squad, big ambitions of getting into Europe. And it's kind of this, this clamour for him just because he's not the current manager. So I don't know whether Potter just sounds good on paper because he's better than Dean Smith at the moment. But if we're in two years' time, we're going, oh, Potter was never cut out for it. He was just overachieving at Brighton and now we're stuck back at square one. So I'm not massively convinced on Potter, to be honest. But I've said that all the way through. With all those names we just mentioned, there's not really a standout candidate there that I'm like, yeah, he's the one. But whoever comes in, you back them because that's our job as fans to do so. The what one that isn't in that list... Um... Sorry, Dan, what do you think about Nuno? Yeah. Do you you think he's damaged goods now? I think Nuno's a good coach. I think what he did at Wolves was good. I don't don't think you massively judge him on Spurs because he was never their first choice. He wasn't even their third or fourth choice, was he? I don't think. And it's it's different to go into somewhere like Spurs with the expectation they've got and the immediate success they need. He's probably a better fit for Villa than he was for Spurs. But I don't think his style suits the players we've got. He's, He's a bit more defensively structured, three at the back. I don't know, it wouldn't inspire me with much confidence. Um, uh, Pat, you can speak on that if you want, Nuno, before we move on to my last point, because there's one name it is, yeah. that's not in those odds that he's doing the rounds. Yeah, um, I've, my best mate's a Wolves fan, so I, obviously if he has a spare ticket, I'll go down there quite a lot. In the Championship, it was it was electric, and then in the first season in the Premier League, it was electric because they could just hit them on the counter-attack, they could sit back, and then they had quality going forward in uh, Jota and Neves, and who was the other one? Cavaliero was even quite good at some points, and obviously Jimenez. But those last few seasons, I think I've read something about him. He, he can get, only get a club so far, and then he can't develop the club, if that makes sense. And he's so def- like this season, last the last few seasons with Wolves, he was so defensive, and it was just mind numbing at times. And then obviously you saw it at Spurs, like it worked against City when he could sit off, just 
parked the bus and hit him on the counter attack with Son. But he couldn't get the best out of Kane. He couldn't get. He couldn't just. They so like going forward. They were so stagnated and boring at times. I just think it would be just the incorrect like appointment at this point in time for us. If you want fans to get excited, you know, get back in, back of the team. I don't think a defensive manager is the kind of style of football that fans want to see at this point in time. I don't think it'd go down too well. He might be able to push. I don't know. Stop the rot and grind out a few one nils, but. After that, I'm, I've got my doubts about what he can do for the club, to be honest. Right, we've spoken a lot about Gerard, a bit on Potter, a um, bit of Fonseca as well. The one name that isn't in those odds, I don't know where you've got them from. And to be fair, when I posted a post at half nine, he wasn't in the odds in the top third. Um, uh, I only did up to 30 to one, I think, and he wasn't in then either. Roberto Martinez is now 15 to two with Betfair, which has come out of left field. Again, this feels a bit like, I don't know when he was linked. It might have been Lambert times, but it just feels like yeah, eight was. years too late that we're being linked with him. Uh, obviously, Belgium coach at the moment. A few comments came in earlier saying he played good football with Wigan, but you're going back a decade for that. Um, <laughs> what do you think of Martinez? Bit of a throwback, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> kind of feels like a 2012 appointment rather than a 2022 appointment. For me, he's... With the Belgian squad he's got, I've always thought that they were underperforming. As I, mm. I know De Bruyne had his injuries and Hazard's got his fitness issues, but even regardless of that, I thought they were underperforming. I think he got third in the 2018 World Cup, which has beat us to it. I think they played us off the park in that game, but it was a nothing game, third place one, isn't it? No one wants to win it. Won the FA Cup with Wigan. I think I remember that Ben Watson header against City. Mm. I can't really remember how well they played as a team, to be honest, but. Yeah, I, I remember not being that inspired or happy when I read that he was linked with it when it was McLeish or Lambert. But I'm not sure where the news has come from now, but I don't know. I don't know if he's the answer either. Probably been out, you know, how long has he been out of the Premier League? Five years now? Perhaps mm-hmm. a little bit shorter. And it's, it's, it's one of those ones again. Is he inspiring enough and has he got enough of a record of building building a club over time to, to attract Villa? And he's leaving Belgium, which they're probably not quite the golden generation. They're probably creaking a little bit from from what we expected of Belgium two or three years ago. <laughs> is he, you know, what's in it for him? I suppose is the is the thing. Another name we've not mentioned, who is, and that list might be out of date, as you said. <laughs> but on top of it, as I look at it, John Terry. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm not we, we had comments after the episode yesterday saying a Lampard and Terry kind of management duo. Lampard you can never get them in the same midfield. You can get them in. Lampard and Gerard. Yeah. Sorry. No, Lampard and Gerard. No, that wouldn't work. <laughs> oh, Lampard, Lampard and Terry have got a bit of history between them. Yeah, so. Lampard and Terry coming in together. Terry knows the place. Lampard is the, is the main head coach. But again, I don't know. It's just Holly Jennings just said the fact that we can't even agree on a manager. And I was kind of said yesterday that you always felt like it towards you know uh, the end of Bruce like Dean Smith was the, the obvious candidate I think Steve Bruce even just before it happened it felt like it was going to be him like this manager could be appointed today tomorrow Wednesday mm-hmm. and none of us can say oh yeah it's probably going to be him because even even Gerard I'm not I'm not entirely convinced um Gerard's got um Gary McAllister with him so maybe he comes in and he knows Villa if Lampard comes in and Terry's with him Terry knows Villa but you look at Terry as, as manager and think well he was here with Smith and if he couldn't kind of work it out as part of Smith's team, is he going to work it out if if John Terry's the main man? I don't know, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm going to throw in another name as well that hasn't been mentioned. 
It's Casper, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Casper Hulmund, I think. Mm, Denmark manager. Yeah. Denmark manager. I was, just, I was researching this morning, I did a report on it, and he sounds like he answers all, a lot of the issues that Villa had. So, like, fans are always getting on Smith's back about the fact, like, our first 10 minutes against Arsenal, we weren't changing anything. And, oh, he's set up wrong, he's not tactically, like, aware, blah, 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 all that. I think I've got a quote here, and it's... He's been described by his uh, former boss at his old club as a tactical geek and a football idealist. He's really tactically, tactically uh, <laughs> that's me, just get me in. He's really uh, tactically turn up, you know, with a Danish accent. Is this just <laughs> <laughs> a flag around me? Yeah, it's one of those. I think in uh, the Euros against Czech Republic, he changed the formation, he used three different formations in one game. So it, I think in the first 10 minutes against Arsenal, he sees did they win that game? Problem. Huh? Did they win that game? Yeah, 2 1. Okay, fair enough. I was going to say, three formations, he doesn't know what he's doing rather than he changed it, but they won. No, fair no. Enough. It worked well for him. Got to the semi final, obviously. And then, so it's one of those, I think, in terms of someone who's going to come in and work relentlessly. And I think he succeeded two shell at Mines, and that didn't go great. But as far as it goes, has got a relationship with him. Yeah, yeah, and Lang, I think they worked together at one of the first clubs. I think Lang was a coach coming through. So that's where the links come through there. I think we've been linked with Damsgaard as well, the winger. And he worked, he was one that scored a free kick against England, I think. And he's worked with him. So that could be one of his first signings. And yeah, I think that'd be a good appointment. I think I got that idea from Villa Analytics on Twitter. He's quite big on him, I think. But yeah, I think that'd be, I don't think he wasn't even mentioned in the odds, was he? But I think he's been uh, not in mind, whatever no. level those were. I know. He, on, <laughs> on Betfair, he is six to one, so he's fourth favourite on Betfair. I think everyone will bring up the fact he was sacked after a year at Mines, but then Patrick Vieira was sacked at Nice, and look at him now—he's just beating Pep. Crystal Palace, one of the most informed mm-hmm. sides in the league. So that's another thing about this managerial decision—you just don't know how. You can have your opinion on who you want to come in and who you think is the best idea, but you don't know how anything's going to unfold. So. Just got to back it. Just to end things, we said we do half an hour, and I know you've got actual important work to do, Matt, rather than uh, mess around here talking. Well, you always tell me you're busy, so I'm going to sort of say yes. Um, How do you kind of assess the rest of the season now? Are you willing to almost, I've seen people say that they're going to kind of rise off the rest of the season and and kind of let the new guy experiment. There's a couple of managers saying, a couple of managers, a couple of commenters saying we can't appoint this rookie manager because there's a serious threat that we might be relegated. Um, so how do you assess the rest of the season? How would you approach it as a fan? And are you willing to kind of write things off? Or you know, would you accept 14th place and a, a bit of a, a nothing season just to get the new guys settled? Or yeah, your your opinion on, on what happens next? I would have accepted 14th, 14th place and a nothing season regardless, I think, given the way the last couple of weeks have gone. Even if Dean Smith would have been in, in, in charge, that would, have, that would have been enough because the, the spectre of relegation is is a little bit too too close for comfort. It's one of those ones where I think, you know, as much as football fans, we, we, we say, oh, we'd like to invest in a, a long-term project and stuff, we also want to see, we want, we want to be entertained, we want to see mm. some, some victories at Villa Park and, and away from home. We, we want to see that this new new look Aston Villa, this post-Jack Grealish Aston Villa, can be exciting and can be consistently exciting. So, to me, yes, if we finish mid-table and it's a bit of a, a kind of meh season, that's fine. But there's got to be enough, in, there's enough signs of encouragement to say that 
you know, look at this, look, look at these little glimmers of hope that this new guy's given us within his first yeah. couple of months of the job. Think what could happen if the recruitment is bang on next year and he gets to improve work with the players that he's got and, and improve them. So I know that's a little bit of a, of a want it all. I don't think it is a want it all because I'm not saying that this manager's got to do a salvage act and get us into Europe this season, <laughs> but we need enough. It's a big, it's a big blow to us as a football club and a fan base to, to lose Jack Grealish and Dean Smith in the last couple of years because it's been this kind of dream narrative. So what's good? What does what does the next phase of Aston Villa look like? It's not mm. going to be that. It's not. Um, but I think it's quite exciting in a, in a weird way. I know that the unknown is either scary or exciting. I'm kind of the more I'm used to the idea, I'm leaning towards exciting at this stage just because we don't know yeah, what's going to happen. Um, I, I could feel very different in six months' time, but <laughs> as, it, as it stands right now, not knowing who it's going to be and a different tactical style, different formation, different setup, attacking football is what I want to see. That's why new, people like Nuno don't really float my boat just on, on the thought of it. Um, but if it is Nuno, then you support him because he's Villa manager and hope that he gets us back into Europe at some stage. You, you still back whoever it is. So yeah. um, I'm not sure about relegation. To me, that seems unthinkable that that we go down with the squad that we've got but I suppose you never know you just think Norwich uh, pretty much sorted for, for going down Newcastle are still yet to win a game I think mm-hmm. um, it's like Burnley uh, well, but just picked yeah. up a draw against Chelsea it's obviously I'm not Norwich and Newcastle not... are going to have different managers yeah. soon as well yeah. so the, these kind of area of unpredictability that's rolling through the, the bottom six or seven as yeah, that's fair. At the moment. there'll be someone who's not really sucked into it at the moment that will be and that very well could be Villa couldn't it um, so yeah I, I don't think we'll be relegated but they've, they've right, well, I suppose a, a better question is what what expectations do we have for the new manager What like what's his to-do list is the first thing just be more solid and make sure we don't go down yeah. is that the first the first box he has to tick I don't know. I'm, I'm, I like you said. I'm, I'm excited to just back whoever it is. To be honest, because it's the fear of the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen when someone comes in. But it's probably a checklist of things they need to do when they come in. And the first would probably be just somehow regain the form of that back four that was so successful last season. I think if you short the defence, then you build from the back, and it helps a lot. I thought we looked better defensively, bar the first five minutes against Southampton. I thought Ming stepped up a bit. So hopefully you get a reaction out of that and then it's just about getting the best out of the attacking talent we have. Hopefully Danny Ings comes back, Leon Bailey fully fit, Emmy Buendia, I'm not sure why he's not fully fit yet if he's cramping up in the 70th minute, but hopefully he gets his, he's fit in these two weeks and we just see a reaction out of Brighton. It's going to be a really tough game that I'm quite scared to go there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm keen to back whoever comes in to be honest. It's a comment here saying there's 78 points to play for 10 wins. That's at least 11, 12. Like, oh, yeah. And you look at it like that. That doesn't seem that impossible, does it, to, to put together yeah. 10 wins? But we have just lost five in a row. Um, so to end then, I said at the start, like, do we think it's the right decision? Not so much that question again, but how big of a call now do the, these owners have? Somebody earlier on, I won't be able to find it because it was ages ago, said that this is their first proper big decision. And if they get this wrong, they'll lose a lot of goodwill that they've got with the fan base. If they're right, then yeah, the great owners' narrative continues, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think it's I think it's a it's a, a massive massive decision for them because as an owner of a football club, you know you you're almost um, you can be insulated. You, Make good decisions, and it insulates you from from the the pressures and the realities a little bit. I think so. 
And when things do go wrong, there's been people to carry the can. So, Christ, what was his name? I've lost. What, what was the old um, sporting director called? Uh, Suso. Suso. So he's carried the can for the first season when when things didn't. You know, I know we got over the line, but didn't quite go according to plan. We've had we've had Dino carrying the can for this season. Now, <laughs> if this, you know. If this appointment doesn't go wrong, then it gets a bit closer to the door of Christian Perslow um, and Swearers and Eden. So they won't want that. I think, you know, nobody likes to be the, the subject of abuse and criticism and, 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 and people like to be praised rather than rather than have the scrutiny turned towards towards those. And football fans, and I'm not going to turn into David area, but football fans are can be a, a fickle bunch and the goodwill that they've got that they've got in the bank um, so far from three years of, of, of progress. That, as Dean Smith will tell you, that won't last you much longer if people, if, if you know, if things turn. So I think it's, I think it's a monumental decision for them. Um, I think the fact that they've, that they've done this at this time would hopefully suggest that they've got a very clear idea in mind who they want and what they expect from them. So, We'll find that out in due course, won't we? Yeah, I was half expecting an appointment be today, just the fact that Shakespeare had gone as well and that they were going to be ruthless and out with the old and in with the new within a day. I don't know whether they might don't want to be seen as being disrespectful to Smith, perhaps, but because of the, the list keeps getting bigger with names, you think maybe they are interviewing three or four different candidates and it will be a thing that drags on. But you want you want them in, don't you, to have as much training as possible before Brighton? Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to have much to do on the training pitch to just to sort things out, but even just having that boost of the new guy being there at Villa Park, maybe that, that's enough. Um, but yeah, so it's going to be a long process, isn't it? Pat, any kind of closing words from you before we head off? No, I agree with what Matt said. I think it gets closer to Perslow if they mess this one up, because I think there was rumours, I don't know if it was Perslow or the owners that wanted Thierry Henry as the previous manager, but that when you look back at that, it looks like a, a dodged bullet that was close to being hitting us to be honest so it's whether or not we can do the same now and have the same successes and look back on it in two years ago oh yeah that was a really good appointment or oh no why why did we do that like, like a Di Matteo or something but yeah it'll be interesting to see what happens and I think I did read this morning that they're supposedly interviewing for about five, five, four or five people so I think it'll be a few days but hopefully they get in before the end of the week yeah and if you do want to hear on Ree, it's 25 to 1 with Betfair. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, get on that if you fancy it. Um, but, yeah, we'll call it a day there. Thank you very much for everybody tuning in. There's loads of comments. I was going to do it a bit more Q&A based, but it's mainly people offering their opinion rather than a question. But I've tried to interweave it as best I can throughout this episode. Uh, Matt and Pat, the, t- the, uh, the three-word name duo, thank you very much for joining me. Is it is it Matthew and Patrick, your full name? Matthew and Patthew, isn't it? Was it Matthew and Patrick? <laughs> yeah. Matthew Kendrick, Patrick Rowe, thank you very much for joining me. Um, thanks for all the comments for getting involved. There's over 600 people, 650 people watching at the moment, so thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, it's international break. I know it's not a normal one because there is a manager search, but we're not just going to keep doing content for the sake of it while nothing's concrete. So our next episode will probably be the managerial appointment, I guess, the reaction to the breaking news when somebody is holding up a Villa scarf at, at Villa Park. Um, yeah, because we can't just keep speculating, can we? I think we're doing a football manager episode again at some point. Yeah. Um, get us in charge, we know what we're doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 next, the next episode will be somebody is appointed Villa boss. Um, so yeah, come back for that. 
and then it'll be Brighton preview next week and then Brighton reaction with you and me Matt when we've got our first win under Stephen Gerrard's <laughs> Aston Villa um, so yeah, yeah thanks I'm very much everybody for that night. <laughs> thanks everybody <laughs> for watching and uh, we'll see you again when we've got a new boss Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.